Welcome to another T-Rex Talk, and this one we're going to be talking about some political stuff because mostly we've been very busy doing some political stuff recently, which you can learn more about in the next political newsletter. And also, uh, one of the YouTube videos that is coming out very soon is going to be some of our political activism that we're doing here in the state of Tennessee, particularly around Second Amendment stuff. So, You probably know that T-Rex Arms is an advocate of getting involved in local politics. Most of us think that there's a lot more value in getting involved in your state politics than in federal politics. Not uh, that federal politics should be completely ignored, but the, the best bang for your buck, the most that you can actually accomplish with the time and influence that you have, local is really where a lot of stuff needs to happen. And the good news is that's where a lot of stuff can happen. But I also want to address a comment that we often get on the internet, which is basically that there are no political solutions to the problems that exist in the world, and there's also no way for voting to change anything. And I want to I want to comment on this because I, I kind of disagree. Obviously, there are a lot of problems in the world that, yes, don't have political solutions. They have very different solutions than what can be done politically. The government has limited jurisdiction. There's things that it really should not be doing. But there's also a few things that the government should be doing. And if there's problems in these areas, then I think that there are political solutions. So for example, there's way too many laws in this country, in every state, and there are bad laws, and there are political solutions to this problem of there being bad laws. But what about this argument uh, that voting doesn't change anything? The evidence certainly seems to support this idea that voting doesn't change anything. And I would say it depends on the voting. If all you do is wait until Election Day, go in and then pick Team Elephant or Team Donkey, uh, yeah, that, that vote isn't going to change anything. As long as we're sending people like Dan Crenshaw to the legislature, we're not going to change anything. But on the other hand, if we can send more guys like Thomas Massey to the legislature, that does change things. Things could be very different. So the big question is, how do we make sure that we send guys like Thomas Massey to be our representatives and not the Dan Crenshaw types or, you know, or worse? I don't want to say that he's the worst possible option, but I am saying that if you pick him because he is Team Elephant and uh, you believe that Team Elephant is always going to support your rights and always going to shrink government and always going to lower spending and lower taxes, uh, there's a lot of elephants out there that disagree with you. So clearly something has to be done beyond going to the polling booth and hoping that Team Elephant guys are Thomas Massey's and not Dan Crenshaw's or John McCain's or whoever's. And the answer is that you got to be more involved in who we actually send to Washington or to your state capitol than just showing up at the booth and checking the box with the R next to it. If you can get to know the Thomas Masseys or the Dan Crenshaws ahead of time, then you actually know what they're like. You actually have a much better idea of whether or not they should be sent to represent you. So it's very important that you pay attention to these local guys that are doing stuff in your state so that you actually know what their track record is like, what their character is like, before you send them to Washington to represent you. And this is why I actually think that you need to get involved in local politics. For several reasons. Number one, a lot of stuff actually happens at that local level. But the other reason is that, generally speaking, the people who are doing stuff at the federal level come from local. 
So it's very important that you pay attention to these local guys that are doing stuff in your state so that you actually know what their track record is like, what their character is like, before you send them to Washington to represent you. And at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that can be done at that local level. There are guys who are never going to go to Washington, and that's a really, really good thing because they don't want to be involved in the swamp. They want to stay where they can directly be involved in the lives of the people who they represent, and they want to create a freer Tennessee, for example, or a freer Florida, or a freer Texas, or a freer wherever, and actually disentangle themselves from the federal government. Get back to that good old Tennessee. Tenth Amendment, which some of the founders said was actually the foundation of the Constitution, the Tenth Amendment. So get involved in your local politics. There's lots and lots of reasons to do so. And now another question that we get a lot is, how do you actually do that? How do you actually figure out how to get involved in local politics? And I think that you start as local as you possibly can. Look around your county, visit your county commissioners meetings, get to know your county commissioners, and then elections will come up. Now, the good news is, it's an election year. We got midterm elections going on. There's a whole bunch of people running for office later this year. Now is when they begin campaigning. Now is your opportunity to talk to them. If you live in the middle of a giant city, it may be difficult to get some time with the people who are running for mayor. But if you live outside of a big city, it will it will not be difficult. These guys actually want to talk to you because they want to personally ask you uh, to vote for them. Getting time with politicians is never easier than during an election season. In fact, sometimes it's hard to get away from the politicians. But I would actually argue that you take a step further back from that. I would argue that you need to find people in your local community who are worthy to actually send into politics. The people who you want to represent you may not be the people who already have their grubby fingers in politics. It's possible that you want to find leaders in your local area, people who are involved in, I don't know, fire department, people who are involved in EMS or EMA, people who are already involved in serving within churches, within civics organizations, all kinds of different opportunities, possibly businesses. And you need to go to these guys and encourage them to run for office because they represent you better than your average political type dudes. And when it comes to, again, these giant, giant cities or the federal level, running for office is an incredibly daunting process prospect that involves millions or more dollars. It involves a huge amount of time. It involves a huge amount of travel, etc. But running for a county commissioner is a little different. It is within everybody's grasp. And even your lowly county commissioner has a tremendous amount of power. Now, it isn't necessarily power over individuals the way that, uh, say, Nancy Pelosi believes that she has, but it is power over how a community is going to develop. County commissioners cannot change the laws within a state, but they can change some of the policies that a sheriff's department or a police department will be impacted by. They will be able to determine a lot of the funding that emergency organizations are going to get. They're going to be able to change some of the rules and procedures of schools and other things that are happening inside of a county. And that has a tremendous impact on how that county is going to develop in the future. Is it going to be entirely dependent on federal dollars and programs for stuff? Or is there a better way to inspire local businesses and uh, and be less dependent on things? This is something that happens at the county level. This is something that commissioners have a huge say in. So I want you to go figure out what your local newspaper actually is. If you're in a really small town like Centerville, Tennessee, 
there's probably still a local newspaper. And in that local newspaper, because there's not a lot going on, they will be talking about the people running for mayor. They'll be talking about the people running for sheriff. They'll be talking about the people running for county commissioner, city commissioner, etc. Probably even the people running for dog catcher. Now, technically in Tennessee, I don't think you run for dog catcher. I think it's an appointed position. But I do know that our local dog catcher did just retire. So this is something that the mayor is going to be asked about. This is the sort of thing where... Our little tiny city of Centerville, inside of this large but relatively unpopulated county of Hickman County, this conversation of who is in charge of animals and what we're going to do about dog catching and what the actual responsibility of the state is, this conversation is going to have a fairly large impact on the way that our people think about the role of government moving forwards. So even the lowly dog catcher job which is usually brought up as a punchline in some sort of joke about how boring and menial and unimportant local politics are, actually matters a lot. Are we going to go get federal funding to build a large state organization to take care of dogs? Are we going to put the dog population in the hands of experts, or is this something that we can do ourselves as a community? Actually, I have no idea. I have no idea how that conversation is going to go. But that conversation really has a larger impact in the larger worldview of how our community of Hickman County is going to think about personal responsibility and dependency on larger governments. So, yeah, the dog catcher job is kind of a bottom rung job. And yet that conversation is going to matter. It wasn't that long ago that Hickman County did a lot of these jobs outside of the government role. A lot of the school bus driving and school janitor work, groundskeeping, trash pickup, stuff like that used to be done in a very privatized fashion, and people can remember that. And the process of writing state grant and federal grant requests so that we can hire people to do these jobs on the very small scale that Hickman County requires, I mean, this is an opportunity to take what is the norm— putting all of this power in the hands of some centralized authority and then using tax dollars to pay for all of it because people don't want to mow this yard or pick up that trash. We have an opportunity to actually push back against that and changing the way that people think about that is going to change the way that people think about a whole lot of stuff moving forward in the next generation. So that super bottom rung dog catcher job and the conversation around it has an impact on the larger political thought of a community. So how do you start those conversations? Well, I got good news and bad news. The good news is it's not rocket science. The bad news is it's something that is far more complicated than rocket science, which is interpersonal human relationships. After all, rocket science is just math and you can figure it out. Relationships involve, you know, human beings. That's where it gets messy. But there's also a tremendous power and ability to connect with people that I think that we we lose when we talk about some of these political conversations. I know that a number of you folks assume that T-Rex Arms has an outsized political influence because we are a large company. Well, technically, we're not a large company. In fact, even in Hickman County, uh, we're not that big of a company. Hickman County is, you know, 30,000-ish people population-wise, and T-Rex Arms employs about 80 people, so it's a tiny fragment, a tiny fraction of the population. But on the other hand, Hickman County doesn't have a whole lot of big factories anymore. T-Rex Arms is probably in the top 10 employers. And 
Yes, it is true that in Hickman County, there are political seats that are won or lost based on a swing of way less than 80 votes. And so working at T-Rex Arms does, I think, you know, kind of get your foot in the door a little bit better with some of these particular conversations. Not that uh, we tell all the employees at T-Rex Arms to vote for or against certain people, but you get the idea. However, that being said, while I have started a lot of conversations with people that I think began on the right foot because of my affiliation with T-Rex Arms. And occasionally I've had conversations with people where they started off very friendly because T-Rex Arms has a 1 million subscriber YouTube channel. That hasn't really been the way that the best conversations have started, or the longest conversations. The best relationships and the most trust, and I think most positive and helpful, constructive conversations that I have had with people in office or people running for office or conversations about office haven't happened in connection with the clout that T-Rex Arms has, but that more personal direct stuff. I'm going to tell you a secret, which you may or may not be able to use based on your position in life. When I take my kids to, say, a county commissioner's meeting, I think that that has done far more to break the ice or start the conversation or build trust or build relationship with people than anything related to T-Rex arms, YouTube channels, social media, whatever. When I show up at a county commissioner's meeting or some other county event where politics is going on or where a firefighter's dinner is happening or something like that, and I bring along a six-year-old boy named James, and he's, you know, relatively well-behaved. I'm not the greatest dad in the world, and, you know, James is not the most best-behaved kid in the entire world, but, you know, he's never been ushered out by a bailiff. The chairman of a meeting has never had to bang the gavel and call for order. So I figure, you know, we're doing okay. But when I show up at one of these events with one of my kids with me or with Heidi with me or with the whole family with me, it kind of changes the conversation. I'm not just a guy who wants something. I'm not a representative of a business that's trying to get something zoned. I'm not a professional lobbyist. I'm not a guy with a social media account that's trying to push a particular agenda. I'm uh, just a more obvious person. I'm there as a dad. And that just kind of changes the whole conversation. Now, do I think that it would change the conversation in Washington, D.C.? Not necessarily. Show up with a kid in Washington, D.C., different assumption. But down here in my county, where people have started to get to know me a little bit, and they actually know my family, and they actually know my kids, and they actually know that I want to bring my kids to stuff because my interest in this county is to build things, to put down roots, to work on improving things for that next generation, that just changes the tone of the conversation. In some ways, it just lowers the pressure. When I go to Nashville and I go to the Capitol building and I'm wearing a suit and I'm surrounded by other guys in suits, you know, half of whom are official lobbyists, some of whom are bureaucrat hired lobbyists for different departments, which is a whole other thing. It's a totally different feel. Everybody has their guard up. Everybody is being fairly disingenuous. Everybody is circling. There's this high stakes professional gamesmanship that is going on, even in a small state like Tennessee, which, again, I think just reinforces the importance of local politics. If you can get to know people at that local level before they go to Nashville, and certainly before they go to Washington, D.C., you can have a much better idea of how far you can trust them, what it is that they're actually going to do. And you know what? You're not necessarily going to be right all the time. I think that we've all seen people who seemed like good, upstanding folks that 
couldn't handle the temptations of the power and the money at the top of the ladder or the top of that greasy pole. Once they'd climbed all the way up that greasy pole, they were pretty greasy themselves. But it's certainly better to make those connections with those people at the beginnings of their political careers than when you have no clue about them whatsoever and you only tick the box by their name because of the R or the D that is next to it. So here's the homework assignment. I think everybody needs to go to a county commissioner's meeting or if you're in a small city, a city councilor's meeting or whatever it is that you have in your particular area. And because it is the midterm election season, I want you to pay really close attention to the people who are running. And there's several reasons for this. Number one, you should be doing it anyway. But number two, I think this is a special election. Because of how poorly the current White House administration is doing, a lot of people are expecting a sort of a red wave. And there's good news and bad news there. The good news is that that's probably a good thing. The bad news is that everybody is probably seeing their opportunity. Every squishy sort of Republican guy is seeing their opportunity to beat Democrats in any state district that is up for grabs. This is their chance for Team Elephant to come out ahead, you know, for another, another term. So I think it's really important that we get to know who some of the folks are running in the primary so that we can vote for the guys who want to go there for the right reason uh, and not the opportunists who just see that the timing is right for them to get into uh, the pork barrel. So within the next week or two, you are going to know who is running for the Republican seats in your area. And this is your opportunity to get to know them before the primaries so that you know who you can actually support, who actually is going to represent you. So the next homework assignment is figure out who those guys are. And you don't have to do it on their turf. You can set it up yourself. So here at T-Rex, we know some people who are running and we've invited them to come to T-Rex, talk to us at T-Rex. And they would like to do that because, again, there's like 80 people working there. That's like 80 voters. Yeah, technically you have to be old enough to vote to work at T-Rex. I don't fully understand it. It's an OSHA thing, apparently. But there are 80 voters at T-Rex. So coming to T-Rex, talk to T-Rex people. Everybody wants to do it. If you uh, go to a church or you have a men's small group, call some of these guys up and say, hey, the men in my local Bible study would love to talk to you about what you would like to do at Sheriff. It's an opportunity for him to come and talk to 8, 9, 12, 14 men at the same time who all are interested enough in the election to ask the question. He'll probably show up unless he already knows that you just want to grill him about Second Amendment stuff. If you represent a group of almost any size more than two and you invite pretty much any campaigning local politician to come and talk to you about why you should vote for them, they will almost certainly say yes. And if you want to talk to them one-on-one -on -one and invite them out to lunch, oftentimes that works too. And then you can have a real conversation with a real person. And you can probably get a pretty good sense whether he's going to be a Dan Crenshaw type guy or whether he's going to be a Thomas Massey type guy. Will you know for sure? Probably not. Will you know something more than nothing? Yes. And if he does go on to be a county commissioner or a state rep or something like that, you've already started the conversation with him. You've already started this relationship. You can continue to keep up with him and follow up and encourage him to be more of a Thomas Massey than, you know, the other thing. I'm sure that there are people listening now who are still skeptical, but that's probably because you're picturing yourself taking Nancy Pelosi out to lunch to decide whether or not you should vote for her. 
But this is not what we're talking about. Obviously, you cannot afford to take her anywhere that she wants to go for lunch, and she's not going to listen to you. And this is why I think that it is really important to focus on those guys that are just starting out, those people who are just starting to run for office. They're going to need the encouragement of the people back home to stay true to their oaths and on board with what they said they wanted to do. And they want to be sure that the people who sent them there are paying attention. How many weak politicians in our past might have stuck to what was right if the people who voted them into office had stayed in better contact with them and held them more to account? How many useless politicians might not have ended up in Washington if we had just done a little bit better job of vetting them before we voted for Team Elephant? So put some time into your local community. Partly because you need to be in better touch with the people who are eventually going to go on and represent that community in politics, but also because you need a better understanding of who's actually in your community that you could be serving. Which, by the way, is how we find the non-political solutions to these political problems. The internet is full of guys who are going to complain that the government is too big and doing too much, but then they won't go to their county commissioner's office to ask their commissioners not to vote for more federal grants to pay for the dog catcher. So keep an eye out for our new YouTube video. It uh, should be out later this week where we talk about some of the stuff we've been doing at the state level. But get involved at your county level. Figure out what is happening in your district. Get to know who's running for office all the way down to that dog catcher.